This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. A recent proposal for birthing support centers by the governor is raising eyebrows in some circles. We're very concerned about them because there's no accountability in the funding. Um, they're not medical facilities. They're not regulated. And um, they're, not, you know, they're not even um, regulated by HIPAA. That story and more coming up this West Virginia morning. The job of the legislative reporter is to pay attention. There's so much going on, however, that we don't always have time to catch it all and even less time to report on, on it all. Government reporter Randy Yowie recently spoke with Chris Schultz and Metro, Metro News' statewide correspondent Brad McElhenney to discuss what they saw in the first few days of the legislative session. Gentlemen, let's start out with the Justice 50% personal income tax cut proposal. I know that Revenue Secretary Dave Hardy presented this proposal to the House Finance Committee yesterday. Brad, you were there at that meeting. What did you glean? That is already on the move. The governor presented it and made it a priority at his State of the State address on Wednesday evening. And no sooner than that, Thursday evening, the House Finance Committee took it up, passed it out. It's headed to the House floor. And next week, we'll zip on over to the Senate where we will see how it does the leading senators, Senate President Craig Blair and Senate Finance Chairman Tarr, appear to have a very different view of what tax reform in West Virginia would look like and are at odds with the governor over that and other issues. Uh, so my takeaway is that this is a priority not only for Governor Justice, but for the House, as noted by their speed of move, but the big questions in the Senate. Yeah, we heard... Um, House Majority Leader Householder mentioned this a couple weeks ago on the 50%, so it's, everybody's had time for it to matriculate. But Senator Tarr seems to want to continue to push for the failed Amendment 2 issue and try to cut out these property taxes on business and inventory. But that has to be done through a uh, congressional, I mean, not a congressional, but a constitutional amendment. So I don't know how he might get that back on the table. Tar has described a, a bit of a variation, and it is to take the same areas of property tax, the personal property taxes on your vehicle, as well as the personal property taxes that businesses pay on their machinery, equipment, and inventory, and apply a tax credit to those. So you, Randy, would go to your local sheriff, and you would pay your property taxes as usual, but then when it comes around that you would pay your income taxes, you would fill out a form to seek a credit for the personal property taxes you've already paid. It's a little bit cumbersome, but Senate Finance Chairman Tarr believes that that is a strategic way to encourage business growth in West Virginia, to relieve them of the burden of those taxes. Yeah, because they thought that the rebate that you would get if they put this um driver's license, I mean, the, your license tax to a rebate instead of a constitutional vote would be cumbersome as well. So I guess we'll just see what happens. Let's move on to education. And, Chris, you've been our education reporter at West Virginia Public Broadcasting the last couple of months, diving into it. And it looks like these early grade initiatives look very promising for early passage as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, it seems like we're seeing a united front uh, across both chambers as well as uh, in 
the governor's administration. You know, a lot of what we're seeing come out early are things that we heard Superintendent Roach introduce over the last couple of uh, Board of Education meetings. You know, these are things that we've heard him talking about back in November, um, really trying to take the initiative as schools come out of COVID-19 lockdown and, and try and get these kids caught back up and take advantage of that opportunity of basically restarting our education system to improve it. Um, you know, some of the things that we're hearing about is funding for more intervention and coaching at early ages. Uh, I think that there is a real recognition now, not just in West Virginia, but nationally, that our current third graders um, really missed out on a lot of the benefits, especially when it comes to reading, that, that fundamental skill that's going to carry you through the rest of your education and the rest of your life. A lot of that happens early on in kindergarten, first and second grade, and those were the classes that all of these kids missed, this whole cohort. Um, so making sure that we have the resources in our classrooms, in our schools, to make sure that these kids get the interventions and get it back up to speed where they're supposed to be is something that Superintendent Roach and the Board of Education uh, have been talking about for several months, and now we're seeing it actually get the, the financial backing that it's going to need to be made a reality. That was Chris Schultz, WVPB's education reporter and Metro News' statewide correspondent, Brad McElhenney, speaking with Randy Yowie during last Friday's episode of The Legislature Today. If you want to hear more of their discussion, visit our website and search for The Legislature Today. It's 749. This is West Virginia Morning. Becoming partly sunny today, high temperatures in the 40s and 50s. Tonight, a chance of rain, lows in the 30s and low 40s. Tomorrow, a chance of rain with highs in the 40s and 50s. Support for the weather forecast is provided by the attorneys at Torres Ava Law, representing firefighters, police officers, and West Virginia families. Information at TorresAvaLaw.com. Governor Jim Justice's State of the State address last week, he discussed giving $1 million to what he called statewide crisis pregnancy centers. He didn't explain what those were. A bill before the House Health and Human Resources Committee called House Bill 2002 creates the West Virginia Mothers and Babies Pregnancy Support Program, which funds pregnancy help organizations to encourage women to give birth in the case of unplanned pregnancy. The legislators working on this bill declined to comment directly, but reporter Chris Schultz spoke with Margaret Pomponio, the chief executive officer of West Virginia Free, to get her perspective. So, Margaret, in the State of the State Address, Governor Jim Justice pledged $1 million for crisis pregnancy centers. The term that the House is using in Bill 2002, excuse me, is pregnancy support organizations. But what exactly do you understand these places to be? Well, West Virginia Free fully supports 
support for pregnant people. Um, you know, as a mom myself, I know how important it is to get the care that you need for both yourself and your children, your baby. Um, and we think there are a lot of things that the legislature could do and the governor could do uh, rather than funneling money into these so-called pregnancy care organizations. Um, we're very concerned about them because there's no accountability in the funding. Um, they're not medical facilities. They're not regulated, and um, they're not, you know they're not even um, regulated by HIPAA. So we're looking at um, agencies that you know we'd be creating new infrastructure um, for when we already have good programs in West Virginia that are deserving of funding and more funding. You know, like Birth to Three, Family Planning Program, on and on. So help me understand, um, you know, if these are not medical centers, if these are not providing licensed medical aid to pregnant people, what are these places doing? Well, most of these are actually um, Christian-affiliated organizations. They're not, again, they're not healthcare facilities. Um, and they have popped up to try to dissuade someone from seeking abortion care. And now we all know that abortion is illegal in West Virginia now. Um, and so it's curious to us that the legislature is continuing to focus on abortion. You know, abortion is written into this bill also. These, any organization that would get state support um, wouldn't even be able to say the word abortion. We, we have concerns about free speech issues there, but it also really lifts up the fact that many in the legislature seem to be obsessed with abortion, and that is not serving our people. People need health care, and they need honesty and transparency. I do want to talk um, about the continuing discussion about abortion in just a moment, but uh, you talk about you know, the need for health care in this state. The state is facing, facing excuse me, a shortage of obstetricians, and even accessing the existing care that is already in the state is extremely difficult for a lot of people, especially in rural areas. Um, what I'm curious is, you know, our reproductive health care system does need help right now. Uh, where does this plan fall short of that need? Well, I'm glad you lifted up the shortage of OBGYNs, and certainly the ban on abortion is going to further drive them out of state, and it's also going to disincentivize OBGYNs from locating here, um, really contributing to our already vast maternity deserts. And so we would like to see that addressed. You know, the, the legislature could establish funding to help rural areas recruit OBGYNs to try to offset the damaging effects of the abortion ban that took away providers' ability to provide the care that they think is best for their patient. So, yeah, I mean, going back to what you said uh, just a moment ago, House Resolution 301, uh, which was taken up earlier this week, states that the criminalization of abortion must be only the beginning of West Virginia's post-Roe initiatives. On the other side, the Senate is considering a bill that's targeting chemical or drug-induced abortions. As an advocate of reproductive health, uh, what do you realistically, what would you realistically like to see happen in this session? Well, I think at a minimum, they ought to ramp up funding for our state family planning program that's housed at DHHR. We have a good family planning program and, and a lot of clinics around the state, but they're underfunded. 
you know, their hours of operation are short, making it hard for working people um, to get there, uh, you know, during the open hours. Um, and also we really need to advertise their services more. You know, that'll help reduce unintended pregnancy. Um, we should all be on board with that. So we'd like to see more support for that. Um, we'd like the maternity care deserts addressed um, to try to offset the ban again. And then more, um, well, not more, we need paid family leave. Um, you know, that resolution that was passed in tandem with the ban um, really should say to people that the legislature supports families. And if they support families, they need to enable workers to take care of a sick child or have some time off to care for a baby after birth. So, Margaret, I use the qualifier realistic. Uh, in, in a perfect scenario, what would you like to see the legislature do? Well, um, I think that it might be a heavier lift to really address the maternity care deserts. Um, so realistically, they could do a study resolution and really study it in you know the months to come and make some sort of meaningful policy um, after they understand the problem more. Um, we would love to see um, birth workers uh, more accessible, so doulas. Um, you know, the March of Dimes says that having a pregnancy support person like a doula really improves birth outcomes and the health of the mother. Um, so we would love to see Medicaid reimbursement for that as well. Um, but we also recognize that a lot of legislators don't know what doulas are. A lot of the public, that's D-O-U-L-A, doula. Um, I encourage people to look it up and learn more. I had a doula after the birth of my twins, and it was transformational. That was Margaret Pomponio from the West Virginia Free speaking with reporter Chris Schultz. Both segments this morning came from last Friday's episode of the Legislature Today. Tune in to West Virginia Public Broadcasting on TV and radio every evening at 6 p.m., Monday through Friday, to learn about what's going on at the Legislature. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from West Virginia University, Concord University, and Shepherd University. Appalachia Health News is a project of West Virginia Public Broadcasting with support from Charleston Area Medical Center and Marshall Health. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Bill Lynch, Caroline McGregor, Curtis Tate, Chris Schultz, Emily Rice, Eric Douglas, Liz McCormick, Randy Yowie, and Shepard Snyder. Eric Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning.